0: Show number 93 of Look at His Butt, LT and J.K. Talk Trek. So now another Skype show.
1: Look at his Skypey butt.
0: <laughs> this could become a thing. Maybe I don't
1: know. Yeah, but I like it better when we're together. Oh,
0: I do too. It's too. There bad. are
1: things that we can only really do that are only really fun if we're both, you know, on the computer together looking at the same junk. That's true.
0: Well, you know, we could have we could have recorded a show while we were having lunch um, yesterday in that very <laughs> noisy restaurant with the food all over the table, <laughs> and
1: that- everybody could have listened to us munching away on yummy Vietnamese food. Yeah,
0: I don't think the other patrons would have appreciated us trying to record a podcast while we were having lunch in in a crowded restaurant. Oh,
1: probably not. <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) Other patrons. Okay, I wanted to start off the show by turning to an actual newspaper because they—they aren't going to be around much longer. That's true. So let's feature them. Um, On the same, let's see. This is the San Francisco, yes, San Francisco Chronicle. This is just Wednesday's paper, the twentieth, and it had two letters to the editor (laughs) that I wanted to share with our listeners. Um. One was to respond. As you may or may not know, here in California, the the California Supreme Court said it's okay for gays to marry. I'm with me. Yeah. Um, but now we have a ballot initiative coming up um, in our November election where we want, we're going to vote on whether or not we want to amend our constitution right. Right. so that gays can't get married. So anyway, so it
0: can go so it can go to court again. Yes, basically. Yes.
1: So, you know, here here um here is the response to uh to one of the the uh previous letters that came in. first of all, the the editorial headline on this letter is we're all going to die. <laughs> <laughs> it says editor Thank goodness we have vigilant citizens like Leslie Huber to warn us what disasters await should gay people be allowed to marry. Huber questions how the species can possibly continue should such catastrophe befall humanity. I, for one, cannot imagine how people will continue to make babies afterward. And heaven knows the planet is critically low on those already. (laughs) Fellow citizens, if you care at all about babies... The social fabric, genocide, the price of gasoline, the wrath of God, the wrath of Khan. (laughs) Did I leave anything out? You simply must vote yes on Proposition 8. Don't let gay marriage destroy our planet. That's great. And I, I wanted to share that because I think that is an appro an appropriate invocation of Star Trek. Definitely. As opposed to that I grieve with the thing that we were talking about last time. No,
0: that that was just perfect. I, I it- love that.
1: It really was. And then the other one, this really has nothing to do with Pillar Star Trek. It just made me laugh. I thought it might make you laugh too. Uh-huh. Okay, a little background here. Here in, uh, San Francisco, there is a club that, uh, for I think like 10 years, every Tuesday night has hosted an event called Tranny Shack, uh-huh. which is, you know, a big transgender, bisexual, gay, lesbian show with a different theme every week and everything. And it was always really trashy and silly. And they did their last show. This past week. Oh. And so someone wrote in and said, Editor, am I the only one who read the August 19th Chronicle and was struck by the so-called coincidence between the end of Tranny Shack and the disappearance of the honeybees? <laughs> Think about it. Both colonies are centered on queens, have have hairy legs, <laughs> buzz around and bring color and life to the environment. Is there a possible link between pesticides and wig sprays? Connect the dots, people.
0: (laughs) I think it's it's all a big conspiracy theory.
1: Yeah, the bees and the the, trannies. The
0: trannies, definitely. (laughs) Definitely. Wow, that's great. Well, I'm glad that there are people out there who are seeking the truth.
1: Yes, and you know who are putting it right out there for the rest of us, who read the the letters to the editor page, which is one of my favorite parts of the paper. Oh, I
0: I read that too. I really enjoy it. Well, as long as we're on this little roll, I'll share the the thing that I was just telling you about, which um, just came from one of the many Google news alerts that I have. And this Mm -hmm. made me just laugh so much. And it's tangentially related to things we've talked about before. And it says... This is the first paragraph, and that's pretty much all you need to know. There are scads of music and entertainment acts to see this year at the Alaska State Fair. So, why should you care about someone as obscure and seemingly past his prime as Mickey (laughs) Dolenz? Why should I? And then it goes on to talk about why you should pay money to see him sing at the Alaska State Fair.
1: Me, I like the Mickey (laughs) Dolenz.
0: I don't know. I I think that's pretty far down in kind of the list of venues that you're going to be playing when you're (laughs) as obscure and seemingly past your prime. even when you're Mickey Dolan's, the Alaska State Fair.
1: It's pretty much near the bottom of the performer's food chain.
0: I think so. You know, nothing against Alaska. It's a lovely place, but (laughs) just, you know, the Alaska State Fair.
1: Yeah. Wow. Anyway. Okay. It
0: made me laugh. Because we have talked about the monkeys before.
1: Well, yes, 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 we can. You know. <laughs> Um Okay, the thing I've been saving up for you ooh, for several weeks. Ooh. I had a Shatner dream ooh. that I did not post to the dream blog because <laughs> I wanted to tell it to you. Oh, I can't wait. Okay. I'm ready. Um, I'm by the down. way, people, you should be going to read the the dream blog because we got one from Jess in England, one of my favorite fanfic oh. writers. So that just went up today. And, and you
0: know, our man in New Zealand, Greg, had a had a Shatner dream.
1: And he did. He
0: told me about it, and I, I was like, "You have to write it up to post to the blog." And he just hasn't gotten around to it. So I'm going to make him do that. And say, you okay.
1: Have to write it up. Good. Good. Okay. So here's mine. I don't remember all that much about it except for the the, the relevant portion, <sighs> which is that you and I mm-hmm. were in a room looking down on young Star Trek. TOS age William Shatner lying on a bed naked. Wow. Now he was lying on his stomach. And we were looking so at his butt. We were looking at his butt and it was, it was wonderful. We were both just like so happy because it was so round, so buttly, and had just the right amount of hair. Oh,
0: and it was all charm and hotness.
1: Yeah. Just the butt. It's, it's, <laughs> it is. It's It's the butt. You know, the dog just snuck in here and turned on the printer. <laughs> He's amazing. Now,
0: I have to ask you, um, did he have tan lines?
1: I don't believe he did. Ooh. It was nighttime. Oh, okay. So, you know, the light was sort of yeah soft. Uh-huh. So, I was saving that one up oh, for you.
0: That's a great dream.
1: Yeah, I bet you'll have a good dream tonight now, too. I
0: hope so. Wow. Naked William Shatner butt. (laughs) I like that. I like that a lot.
1: (laughs) As they say in the MasterCard commercials, priceless. Priceless. (laughs) All those drugs were worth it. (laughs) Well,
0: thanks for having that dream.
1: (laughs) Oh, that's quite all right. That's really good.
0: Hmm, I like it. So let's see. Um, Do you want to do email or do you want to tell me about your acting class?
1: Well, first I want to talk about Tropic Thunder.
0: Oh, Tropic Thunder, yes.
1: Okay, I went and saw it today. Uh Uh-huh. And strong recommend. Uh Uh-huh. It's it's very funny. It is not a stupid sophomore comedy. It is a smart comedy. Cool. And um, the reason I'm bringing it up is Ben Stiller is so in love with William Shatner. (laughs) And I'm not going to tell you the things that that occur. I'm going to throw a challenge out (gasps) to our listeners. I picked up one very obvious thing they'll all get, so that doesn't even really count. But there are two things in the movie that are like homage to Bill. And so all the rest of you, you should go see this movie. First of all, you'll have a good time, especially if you do not pay for your refreshments, as I did.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Did you steal them?
1: Yes. Wow. Yeah, I got um, popcorn and and bottled water.
0: What, they just didn't charge you?
1: Well, you know, it was crowded, and I got my stuff and just (laughs) turned around and went to the theater instead of standing in the line to pay. I like that. Yeah, I've done that before. That's great. You know, the movie theaters are all run by teenagers. They don't care. I know. I know. Okay. But so, you know, listeners, when you go see this movie, and you should because it's fun and it's very smart about Hollywood and movies and the industry, Um, Watch for the homage moments, and if you pick up some that I didn't, that would be especially wonderful. But send us email at com and tell us the Shatner moments you find in Tropic Thunder or in any movie. I just happen to see a couple there.
0: Um, My my little podcasting buddy, Logan, went to see it and said that... um, For him, the funniest part of the movie were the fake trailers at the beginning of it. He said those were hilarious.
1: Hysterical. They are very, very funny. But there's there's just a lot of wonderful stuff throughout the movie, I thought. Oh,
0: good. Well, yay. Yeah,
1: yeah I got a big kick out of it. Yay. So now should I tell you about acting class? Yeah,
0: I want to hear about it.
1: Okay. So I went to this uh, freebie last night, which was um, like a workshop on how to... Uh, Improve your your auditioning skills and specifically your skills at cold reading, which is very tough. And this was a fantastic class. I'm going to throw a shout out here to um, the people who did it. In case you're in San Francisco and want to take an acting class, um, it was done at uh, Sideways Studios, which is run by Richard Side and Bobby Wineapple, and they did the, the the class. And it was not one big sales pitch, and it wasn't one of those airy-fairy, you know, the art of acting and finding it within yourself. It was really practical information. But there were a couple of very, very Shatner things in them that I wanted to share. First of all, one of the things we're talking about is um, the pacing of of your read or your performance. You know, where do you speak quickly? Where do you throw in the pause? And um, they had a couple of guinea pigs, you know, two people from the group, you know, do a scene mm-hmm. and, and they were giving them different direction and everything and, and, and where to do these things. And at one point, um, because they were having to read from a script and they were being instructed, you know, but you've got to keep as much eye contact with your partner as possible. There would be very long pauses while they glanced down to, you know, pick up where they were. And at one point it came midline and to the actor, of course, it seemed like forever. Mm-hmm. But well, what it did for the audience was heighten the suspense mm-hmm. and make you really want to know what's the next thing, mm-hmm. what's the next word mm-hmm. that's going to come out. And I got to thinking, you know, about Bill and his pauses. And I was thinking a couple of things. Um, when he did Susie Wong, he's talked about this, how it was such a bad play, and the audience was walking out. So he started talking faster mm-hmm. to, to keep them in their seats and talking louder, and eventually he was varying things and getting this whole strange... Performance out of it, and I think it's also, you know, that Shatner acting is, is very much rooted in there. It's, it's like his, his almost panic thing, or mm-hmm. it's his, it's his challenge to the audience, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. stay with it. But the other thing I was thinking is, in Boston Legal, he rarely does those. Mm-hmm. And I think, whether it's intentional or an instinct of his as a performer, I bet you could study this, and I would, I think the number of, of pauses and the rushed speak and the, the clippity clop and everything is inversely proportional to the quality of the script. Hmm. And when it's a strong script, he can just give it his due. And when it's a, a, a lousy script like some of the TOS ones were, he's got to, to you know, throw in these things to keep you interesting and, hmm. interested and to give some weight. To what really doesn't have much. Mm -hmm. So anyway, I was thinking about that. That's interesting.
0: Well, you know, of course, when when you're saying that, the the speech that I immediately think of is the risk is our business speech. (sighs) Of course. But that's a good speech in a good episode. But that particular speech has a lot of things in it, right? Even the very first line.
1: Right, right. But some of the, the other ones where he really throws it in, it's like. And why did you do that? So anyway, I'm going to be keeping that in mind. I I think that's fascinating.
0: And yes, we should absolutely pay attention to that. And you're right. He doesn't do it on Boston Legal hardly hardly ever.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So um, here's the other thing. (laughs) Um, This class was just so, so chock full of practical information and, you know, things you could implement on your own and, practice on your own and not have to go take a bunch of classes and stuff. But one of them was, you know, you get yourself in this bad mindset when you're going to go into your audition and you're working against yourself and how can you overcome that? And, you know, what kind of positive messages can you give yourself? And one of them is, you know, getting inside the character. And he was saying um, that there are three questions you should answer about the character before you go in to do the read. Is
0: one of them, what is the airspeed velocity of an unladen swallow?
1: Unfortunately not. <laughs> Unless you are reading for the role of the... <laughs> um, the bridgekeeper? No, <laughs> yeah. no, the swallow. Oh, the swallow. Um, <laughs> okay, I get it. Okay, the first one is, what is this character's essence? What is his core? Mm-hmm. The second one is, what has brought him to this moment? What has brought him here? And... The third one, and I'm phrasing it really badly, but it's something like, what is his immediate goal, his immediate reason for being there? Okay? Mm-hmm. So for the, the, uh, instructor's example, he used Stanley from Streetcar Named Desire. Mm-hmm. So he says to all of us, so what is the essence of Stanley? And we're all going, he's an animal, he's very sexual. He said, right, okay, good. What has brought him to this moment? We're all like, duh, you know, not having read the play in a, in a while. And he says, "Well, he's he's carrying a package of meat. Oh, okay, he's been to the butcher shop. All right. And what's his? What does he immediately want when he gets there? Or why is he coming through? What is he he going after? And his first line is he calls for Stella. So he, he wants to know where Stella is. He wants her. Okay. So to demonstrate this, the instructor goes, okay, so this is like the mantra I am going to say to myself right before I go in to read for Stanley to bring out the Stanley in myself. And here it goes. I am sex. I've got meat. Where is she? (laughs) And I thought, okay, well, yeah, that's Stanley, but I can think of someone else. Oh, definitely.
0: He probably (laughs) says I am sex before anything he does. Yes, you know even those Priceline commercials.
1: Yes, I am sex. I've got meat. Where is she? Yeah,
0: <laughs> I like that a lot.
1: I liked it a lot, well, and it was it was a really wonderful class. William but...
0: Shatner's mantra.
1: Yep, I think that that is that is his. That mantra. is
0: really good. I like that a lot.
1: Hmm. So
0: and then. Uh, and let's see. Well, the, the main things that we were saving up to talk about for this time, uh, come in the form of email from our friend, Eddie. Yes. So, um, let's see. She, well, we'll do the, 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 the good, but slightly less exciting thing first, I think. Oh, okay. Is, is that okay?
1: That is fine. Um,
0: so do you want me to read this since it was a response to, to the thing that I said last time?
1: Oh, I thought we were going to do the book review first.
0: Uh, no. Oh, the book review. I've totally forgot about that. Well, so we have three things then. Yes. Oh,
1: This is like the Itty show. It is tonight. the Itty
0: show, so let's do the
1: book she review. He is our, our I guess. Yeah,
0: do do the book review. Absolutely. Oh, okay.
1: So, Itty read the book as opposed to listen to it, and so she, you know, I asked her, do you want to write down your thoughts and send them to us, and she did. Yay. And I have not had a chance to read this, so I'm doing a cold reading here. Ooh. I am sex. Mm -hmm. I've got meat. Where is she? It says, and she broke it into sections. Intro. Yes, any decent Shatner lover has heard many of the stories before, at cons, on television, captured in the media in some form or other, but they are all a part of his life, or at least his legend. Bill is the first one to tell you he makes stuff up. (laughs) It matters little to most. It's true. It matters little to most fans if the events in his stories are true or not. They are entertaining and must be captured along with the lesser-known facts regarding William Shatner. I do appreciate that co-author David Fisher focused his efforts mostly on editing and allowed Bill's energy and charisma to shine through. His sense of humor is evident on every page, no matter how much you want to inhale the book. Take your time so you don't miss his wit. The tongue-in-cheek shilling is rampant, but cleverly placed to bring a chuckle before rejoining his train of thought. Much of the book is written exactly as Bill speaks. One can practically hear him speaking as you read each word. It's a tremendously engaging book, as if you're in an actual conversation with him, more so than just reading about his life. It is not a kiss-and-tell book. He is very careful to be discreet and respectful when mentioning his past relationships and does not name names of anyone he did not marry. (laughs) (laughs) There is no sordid gossip. However, he does remind the world that he knows firsthand that Angie Dickinson is not a natural blonde. Early life. Born in Canada to immigrant parents, Bill writes of his early interest in acting. He fondly describes embarrassment at his mother's pride in him. Yet when Bill didn't want to join the family business, the reader senses the pain he still feels when remembering his father's disappointment. Although Bill chose not to follow in his father's footsteps, he still regarded him as a man of wisdom, repeatedly mentioning at various points in the book his father's sage advice to not be a hanger-on, somebody who leeches off others. Instead, he counseled him to always make his own way. Acting. The reader quickly discovers that Bill is an actor with a work ethic which would put most to shame, enlightening those of us outside the business just how much like a regular job acting truly is. Going from role to role, sometimes several within the same week, putting on the mask of one character only to toss it aside for the next role, no no wonder he was blindsided by the phenomenon known as Star Trek and James T. Kirk. Although Star Trek has a strong presence throughout the book, the reader certainly grasps that Bill's career encompasses so much more. Once Paramount decided to produce the movies, Star Trek gave him the financial freedom he always sought. T.J. Hooker and Trek finally allowed him to have more than $1,800 in the bank. The magic amount he decided early in in his career would define him as a success. Marriages Having been married four times, Bill considers he has only now, with his marriage to Elizabeth, discovered how to be a good husband. As a man of strong will and a naturally dominating personality, he has finally discovered that it is okay to give in, that if Elizabeth lets him have his way, she does it out of love, not in weakness. He talks of the difficulties of being married to another actor, the jealousies and tensions when one partner has career success and another doesn't, how for so many years he thought that if he was bringing in the the cash, his opinion mattered more. As one reads the book, it is obvious how much he loves his daughters. Regardless of his divorce from Gloria, Bill never denied his obligation to take care of their three children. He buried his idea of accepting roles only worthy of a serious actor, willing to work any job to pay the bills. At this point in his life, he considered any role that paid him serious work. Life Lessons Bill talks about several things that have stayed with him all his life, times when his behavior was less than ideal. I admired that he shared those memories. Snubbing in an awkward, snubbing in an awkward social situation, a young prostitute who had befriended and taken in a lost and lonely young actor. That is a very moving story in the wow. book, by the way. If I didn't mention it, um, having to be told by the nine one one operator to get his third wife Noreen out of the water when he came home and found her submerged in the deep end of the pool. He also exhibits a rare moment of vulnerability as he discusses his fears of being alone and his almost pathological need to be married. It is sadly ironic that as outgoing and energetic as Bill is, he feels he has had few friends throughout his life. Leonard Niebuhr is mentioned several times in this capacity of friend, coming to Bill's aid and assistance as he struggled with Noreen's alcoholism. Real Bill. Bill gleefully admits he has no common sense. <laughs>
0: Like, we didn't know that.
1: Yeah, really. Finding himself in situation after situation where the stuntman should be stepping in, only to find out it is real life and he must do his own stunts. Whether it is being manhandled by a gorilla, riding on top of a train, driving a stock car at over 160 miles per hour, or chasing a wild elephant in lion-infested underbrush, Bill states he never thinks about how easy he could get hurt until it's too late. No matter his age, Bill still feels young and full of life. He is one man that will not go gentle into that good night, and some secrets he will take with him. i got to say, that is a great review, and she really did a wonderful job of describing the tone of the book and the the impressions mm-hmm. you, you take away from it.
0: I think that's a fantastic review. That, yeah. That is just, uh, it captures everything, everything that mm-hmm. you need to know about it which is not to say that you all shouldn't go out and read the book
1: <laughs> no you should and I have to to do that too because I you know I listened to it mm-hmm. but th- I know there were parts because it was an abridged version that I didn't get to experience
0: well it's interesting that she says the thing about um, Bill not kissing and telling because certainly other people are willing to kiss and tell
1: uh, th- thank God
0: <laughs> so um, let me as long as we're reading I'll take a turn and read a little bit um Itty was nice enough to send a really good uh, response to my review of The Empath, which I did in the last show. And and as I said, it wasn't meant to be a full-fledged review. It was just that I happened to catch it on TV, and Mm -hmm. I thought I would offer my comment. So she she had a different opinion, and I wanted to read what she said because I thought it was really good. There are still some places where I kind of disagree with her, but that's okay. Um, But here's what she had to say. She says, "Okay, Lena. I disagree with your frowny rating (laughs) regarding the empath. I saw it as a metaphor for man's loss of his humanity with the rampant use and acceptance of technology. The Vians, those are the the big-brained guys, had lost the capacity to feel and express the very emotion and instinct they wished Jem to exhibit. What wasn't logical was that by Jem's death, the event they seemed to demand, the self-sacrifice instinct that had been born would have died with her. Now that was poor writing and logic. Spock, Spock should have bitch slapped the writers." And as to the Federation teaming up with the Vians to save all the Minarian Minarian planets, the best the feds seemed to be capable of doing was rescuing their own scientists. Was this an example of the prime directive at its cruelest? I don't know the answer to that. Um, I also liked the minimalist sets. It gave the episode a theatrical quality. Shat's pale nipples didn't bother me, however. The camera zooming in and out as a poor replacement for Kirk swinging from the shackles did. Yes, that's true. I didn't mention that, and it was really (laughs) awful. Um, Granted, I'm sure Bill drew the line at the amount of realism, but it would have been kinky hot. (laughs) The actress that played Jem was a great mime, and her face expressed more than pages of dialogue could. The show is a great example of the triumvirate relationship of Kirk, Spock, and McCoy. I am not a slasher, so I don't see it as sexual, but there is deep love and respect shown between them, especially Spock and McCoy. As someone who always craved examples of the personal relationships between the characters, this episode worked for me. And I agree with that. I I think that's totally true. Hey, it's not Emmy-worthy, but I consider it one of my faves and thought I'd offer my two cents. It might not change your mind, because nothing anyone could say would make me like The Way to Eden. <laughs> but I got nothing else to do this Saturday morning.
1: Um, I, I wanted to comment a little on that, and then you can comment uh-huh. too. Um, I know the reason for the minimalist sets was the original sets that were designed. They said, no, mm-hmm. you have no money. Yeah, they had no budget. And so they did this, and I always thought that was extremely effective.
0: Yeah, it was cool. It was like, um, you know, we might have talked about this when um, they did Spectre of the Gun. They, mm-hmm. they had very little money for that. So they ended up building these sets that looked like cheap sets for, you know, a high school play or something. And it was mm-hmm. great because it really added to the feeling of unreality, that this wasn't a real place. It was just in the mind completely. Yes. Totally. So that was good.
1: And I think, um, I don't know, I've never seen anybody comment on this, but it has always struck me that way, that in in certain scenes, especially the ones where they're more or less held prisoner in a light, mm-hmm. Um, I think that was uh, directly lifted from uh, the wonderful science fiction book, um, A Wrinkle in Time. Uh And the first time I ever saw this episode, I remember thinking how very similar it was to A Wrinkle in Time. Yeah,
0: that was a a good little plot device because they they played, they acted it really well, you know. They're standing in this thing and Spock figures out that you have to, you know, control your emotions. And he just sort of Mm -hmm. does it and casually walks out and Kirk's all like, trying to get out of it (laughs) because he can't do it. It's great.
1: Um, I also agree that the actress who played Jem was wonderful. Yes, I've always liked her. Mm -hmm.
0: Well, so- I, I agree with all those things. Um, I still think it—it it was. There were some stupid things about it. <laughs> I mean, I, I just think that the whole um, issue of these aliens having to, you know, being so powerful, and the only way that they could think to make a decision was to take people who came on a starship and torture them to make this other, you know, someone from the yeah planet the mutes do it. You know, that's just that's stupid.
1: <laughs> they they make the gamesters of triskelion look smart yeah
0: yeah exactly and
1: I mean at least they were doing it for entertainment
0: <laughs> so i I have an objection to that but I agree with all the other things that that it was good so there yeah. there you go okay so now
1: <laughs> so now let's get on to the
0: juicy stuff
1: the juicy stuff um, um,
0: do you do you have um her let's see? The email? the email that says where all this juicy information came from.
1: Yes, I do. Okay. Okay. So um, it, I'm actually combining two emails here. Okay. okay.
0: So talk about kissing and telling. <laughs>
1: yeah, well, that, that's it. Um, okay. So this is, this is more from Itty. Mm-hmm. It says, oh, oh, the dog's barking. he spread <laughs> the good part. And I got a book written by Tanya Lamani at the Las Vegas Con. She was the belly dancer in Wolf in the Fold. She banged W.S., or more like W.S. banged her. But she says they smoked weed together and he gave her her first sexual climax. She also states that he did wear a pretty serious toupee back then. I will have to say that seeing him up close during the last two William Shatner weekends, that he must have had hair transplant surgery because the hair I've seen is real. Don't know when he might have had the procedure. As if we believe Noreen's brother, and Noreen's brother says the real reason Bill didn't jump in the pool when he found her was that he didn't want to ruin his twenty five thousand dollar hairpiece. That doesn't fly with me because anything costing that much does so because it mimics the real thing as close <laughs> as possible, and getting wet should not be a problem. So anyway, I wrote back going. <laughs> You know, oh my God! Can you imagine having your first orgasm with Bill?
0: Well, so we have to share this with you all because it's, yes. it's just too exciting. So I wanted to do two things. This is sort of a compare and a contrast. Um, Itty wrote her own summary of it, so here's here's Itty's summary, which I just liked because she's so funny. Um, she says. Um, oh, we asked her if it was okay to talk about this on the show, and she said, sure, I'm sure Tanya would like the press, and we all know Bill has taken pride in showing off his talents for more years than he cares to remember. Yeah. Short version, after one failed attempt during the filming of Alexander the Great, she goes out with him sometime after Wolf in the Fold. P.S. She says she went out with James Dewan but he behaved himself
1: and now we know why James Dewan hates
0: Bill exactly. or Bill Bill told her that his wife had asked for a divorce and he was upset and horny or was that horny and upset anyway he came to see her during one of her performances at the Greek village and then they went back to her place he lit a joint she took a toke she danced he tore her clothes off she stripped his off she found herself lying on the floor he went down on her her world was rocked she pulled him up to her he finished rocking her world again he came they went and pigged out on like five entrees at a barbecue joint and now we know why bill really gained weight
1: (laughs) and that's a great summary (laughs) you know what i gotta say that sounds like the perfect date doesn't it Uh, oh i mean you know you could screw all those fabulous trips the dating game sent people on and everything that's
0: that's what you want especially out of a date with william shatner i think well (laughs) yeah
1: i mean that's what made it the perfect date not just a great date
0: So I have the book open here, and there were a couple things that were just so wonderful, I I wanted to read them. So, um, first, she writes about this this date that they had. This was not the first time they had sex. It was just them going out, and it was when he told her that he was getting a divorce. But um, so they're parked in his car. And um, he's whispering to her. She says, he whispered and started gently kissing my cheeks, his lips reaching for my mouth. I wanted to stop him and say something. Instead, I let him kiss me. He kept kissing me and whispering my name over and over again. I felt his hand slide down to my breasts and it sent, um, oh, some of the scan got cut off, so I can't read what this says. It sent something over me. I should stop him now and tell him I'm not interested. (laughs) She thinks. I just want to be his friend. And yet I didn't do anything about it. I felt his hand going down between my legs. No, please no. I finally pushed him away. I know this isn't the right place, but I really want you, he was whispering. And she thinks, his voice, every time he speaks, what is it about his voice that does something to me? I just uh-huh. I just melt and want to surrender my whole being to this man.
1: I love that, I
0: love that, and then he tells her that he's getting a divorce, and then she's like, oh, okay, Um, (laughs) so then, this is great, Um, let's see, Uh, he shows up at her, as as Eddie said, he showed up at her show, her dancing show, Um, and this is so funny, Um, he had some suggestions for the dance that she was doing, Bill says, When you finish your fast part of the dance and you drop on the floor, you should feel as if you just had a sexual climax. Then then slowly you should come out of your climax and start building the desire all over again. So isn't that just so typical of Bill that anything that there is he relates it to sex immediately?
1: Well, belly dancing too, it's not you know, too too great a leap, but he would do that for Of course he would have great advice.
0: Well he would do that for, I don't know, rhythmic gymnastics somehow. It would be related to (laughs)
1: to sex oh but bill could watch a surgeon operate and say you know when you're taking out the appendix
0: <laughs> it's like when you're taking you off think a how that's like sex <laughs> yeah like <laughs> taking off a woman's panties um so and like it- musical theater and <laughs>
1: pornography
0: <laughs> so um he goes back to her place um let's see we had a few drinks um they had some sandwiches bill offered me some marijuana and um so they they um they got high uh Let's see. They ate chocolate. Uh, I put some, she says, I put some music on and started to dance for him. Some Spanish flamingo. I think she means flamenco type (laughs) dancing. It says flamingo. Yeah, let's hope. The the book actually says flamingo. Um, Bill joined me, Bill dancing. uh, And during this dance, he started to tear my clothes off. To my surprise, I enjoyed it and teased him also taking his clothes off. Okay, here's the good part. Before I knew it, I was on the floor naked. My head was spinning, and I felt that my mind was traveling through space and time. I kept seeing white sand and blue waters on the beach. I saw white birds flying above me and Bill as if we were floating among them. And then I felt this incredible sensation all through my body. It felt like small electrical shocks traveling and tingling from my head to my toes. What was this great sensation that I was experiencing? I wanted to say something to Bill, but my whole body was so relaxed it went limp. I kept my eyes closed and wanted this sensation to go on and on. I finally opened my eyes and realized that Bill's head was down between my legs. I I really don't know exactly why, but I knew that I felt embarrassed. Is he doing what I think he's doing? I really didn't know that people did that in lovemaking, going down like that. It was a first for me. So against my will, I put my hands around his head and slowly pulled him up. Ah. Bill started kissing me passionately and again I closed my eyes wanting to go to the white sands and blue waters. Instead, I seemed to find myself in a deep forest. Very tall green trees were stretched out all the way up toward the sky. The trees were so green and lush that only a few... Thin strings of sunlight were piercing through, sparkling like strings from a violin. As I felt sinking deeper and deeper into the forest, I realized that Bill was penetrating into me and reaching into the depth of my whole being. Then it happened my body went into these waves of movements that I have never experienced before. These movements were not like in a dance form where you can control them. These movements were involuntarily happening without any command. Then I felt this incredible feeling of release and exuded my last sigh. I heard Mm. Bill whispering my name over and over again and mumbling something else. And then he too became silent and I felt his body collapse on top of mine right there. And then I realized that I had finally experienced my first climax. So that's what it was all about. I was wondering why I never felt this way before. And then at the very end, she says, Now I understand what Bill was talking about when he said I should convey the feelings of a climax in my dance. Now it became crystal clear to me. I finally became a woman. Oh, welcome to the club. (laughs) Really? And the title of that chapter was My First Climax. I know. (laughs) Isn't that awesome? That's so awesome. Yes. Good job, Bill.
1: <laughs> Very good job, Bill. He
0: he helped her get over all of whatever had happened and helped her to have good sex.
1: Yes. Well, you know, he's a man with a mission. He
0: is. And he he's good at it. So I just wanted to read one more little thing. Um, sure. Because this was funny. Uh, so they make another date and go out and uh, let's see. Uh, The doorbell rang, and I rushed to the door. I was expecting Bill, but I saw a balding man who I had never seen before. He pushed the door open and took me into his arms. Tanya, it's so good to see you. I rushed here as soon as they took my makeup off. It was Bill's voice, but he had no hair on top. Looking Uh at my expression, he must have realized that I didn't know he was balding and was wearing a hairpiece. He started giggling with his little boy laugh. You've never seen me like this? He pointed to his head. I was stunned and just shook my head. I get tired of wearing this all day long, he said, and saw that I was somewhat uncomfortable. Oh, this looks fine, but, well, uh, I just didn't know. I tried to make light of it. Does it bother you? He went on. No, it's different. That's all. To make him feel better, I pulled him by his hand toward the living room. Would you like some wine? (laughs) (laughs) And that's it. That's the whole toupee thing. So I just thought that was really funny.
1: Well, we should um we should tell you the title of the book.
0: Oh, what is the title of the book? Wait a minute.
1: <laughs> Have Belly Will uh, Travel. Yes. <laughs> from Elvis and Star Trek to Ambassadors and Kings, One Girl's Journey which unveils provocative Hollywood Mysteries by Tanya Lamani. And um there's a quote from Bill on the book jacket, which is you dance like you're having an orgasm. <laughs> <laughs> Because and now she knows what that means.
0: Exactly. So that is just completely awesome and I'm really glad that she did kiss and tell because you know people need to know about this stuff. <laughs> well, that's what I think anyway.
1: Well, this is the thing. My thought was, thank God there is someone who understands what we want. In celebrity biography, (laughs) especially very minor celebrity biography. If you are not going to tell us the dirt on the more Mm well-known, why would we be interested in your story? That's true. Well, I and Oh, go ahead. No, I was going to say, and maybe she made the whole thing up, but I don't care. Oh, I don't (laughs)
0: think so. That doesn't sound made up to me. Um, Mm -hmm. So I I just want to say that um, by the detail with which she fills this story it must have been very, very important to her mm-hmm. and B, she must have been dining out on this story for years.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. You
0: know, it's just the kind of thing where it it has all the details in place and just, yeah, it's a great story. So I, I wonder, you know, like how many volumes could you fill with stories like this about women that Bill has fucked?
1: Oh, libraries full. Yeah. Libraries full.
0: And I'm I'm thinking, you know, this is how many years ago. People should just be coming forward with these stories. That's right. There's no reason to hide this anymore.
1: I mean, this is what we wanted out of a Shatner Rose, exactly. right? Exactly.
0: Yeah. We, this this oh. information should be in the public domain because people <laughs> want to know.
1: <laughs> More than want to know, they need they to need know. They need to know. Absolutely. I do not care who politicians fuck. No, but I want to know. But, who- and we keep hearing about those things. Who cares?
0: I want to know about Bill.
1: That's right. Yeah. Jeez. Okay, I want to point out one of the wonders of technology. Mm-hmm. At the top of, you know, I'm I'm looking at the Gmail account, and at the top of the the window, right above the email, is a link to the 50 Hottest Sci-Fi Women. Really? Yugo.com dot com counts down the 50 Hottest mm-hmm. Women of Science Fiction, oh. and it looks like from clicking through to it and just looking very closely that it seems to. Well, no, it's not all cartoon characters. But it's, Characters, but you know, there's that lame ass seven of nine. Uh. Um, Uh, Okura must
0: be. Excuse me.
1: Yes, there she is. Okay, good, good, good. I don't recognize most of the other people, and I'm certainly not willing to um, click their pictures to click them in. (laughs) Oh, one I do recognize is uh, what's her name? Who plays? um, Who played Zena? And who is now on Battlestar Galactica? Oh
0: yeah, yeah, Lucy Lawless, she's cool.
1: Yeah, but you know, and I do see another character from Battlestar Galactica. I do not see my favorite character though so far, which is Starbuck. But um, I don't know. I'm not going to go through them all. But anyway, I just thought that was that was very cool. Yeah,
0: well, that's that's um, Google Mail for you, trying to, to yeah. hook you up with stuff that you want.
1: Okay, um, while we're on the subject of emails. Mm-hmm. We also got a, a great email from, uh, from, uh, Qumo, mm, mm-hmm. And, uh, he went to the Seattle Science Fiction Museum. Oh, cool. And, uh, he said, um, I was able to escape. He he was there for a wedding long enough (laughs) to see the sci-fi museum at the door. They make you turn in any backpacks and photography is not allowed. After licking glass for a half hour, I could not help notice everybody snapping pictures and a photo Nazi chasing them off. Actually a very nice lady I spoke to for diversionary tactics. (laughs) I returned to the museum and once again, turned in my backpack, but kept the that.
0: Ooh, that's subversive.
1: So, you know, there are some pictures and, uh, And I wrote back and I said, did you spend a long time staring at the diagram of the captain's quarters as (laughs) I did? And this is his reply, which I thought was great. No, but I came close to finding out how many licks it takes to get through safety glass to access Nichelle's (laughs) uniform. (laughs)
0: That is very, very, very funny.
1: Isn't that wonderful? Oh,
0: that's great. I love it when people send us email. It's just so good.
1: I know. I
0: know. Well, um, those are most of the things that we wanted to talk about, but um, there are a couple of things that are sort of newsy and let's just switch things around and kind of put the okay. newsy stuff at the end. So the very first thing is email that you just sent me about three hours ago, <laughs> which is <clears throat> excuse me, that um, we have the information for the next chat fest, Yes, which you're not going to be here for.
1: I know, and I'm just kicking myself. I'm going to be out of town. I'll go. But he moved it. It's usually in November. I know.
0: I'm definitely going to go. So let me read it. Um, So you guys all remember Shatfest with our friend um, Will the Thrill. Mm
1: -hmm. He says...
0: um, Thrillville's Shatfest, a tribute to William Shatner, returns Thursday, September 18th at Cerrito. So that's the theater in El Cerrito, California. Right. Featuring Bill's notorious spaghetti western, White Comanche. Oh, two Bill. Oh, plus the Cowabunga Cowboy sounds of Pollo Del Mar live on stage. And then it's another um, oh, sorry, then there's another one. They're showing The Silencers, which is a terrible, terrible, terrible movie. Um, but yeah, so White Comanche, Thursday, September 18th at the Cerrito Theater in El Cerrito, California, I will absolutely be there and if anybody wants to have a meetup um, let us know and we'll we'll try to figure something out
1: yeah, maybe you can have you know, like a, a guest um, butt buddy and the, the two of you can do a show, yeah. you know kind of, you know like I'm Johnny Carson and, and the other person is Joan Rivers or something.
0: Yeah, um, I think that's great and uh, we'll try to, uh, I'll definitely talk to Will the Thrill again just to you Good. know talk about white Comanche and everything that um, goes into Shatfest. Great. So now the other thing we wanted to talk about was William Shatner's live autographs. Oh yeah. Because this is very interesting. Let it never be said that, that Bill couldn't find a way to make money where people haven't made money before because he's, found well, it is
1: one of his gifts. It is. It's one of his superpowers. It's a
0: superpower and here's how he's doing it. So Um, it used to be the case back in the day that Bill didn't really sign a lot of autographs, Mm -hmm. but he changed his mind about that. And now he signs autographs pretty freely, I guess, at cons for people who pay for it. Um, and now he's come up with a brand new way to make even more money off of his own autographs. And not have to go to cons. Yes, exactly. Um, so it's called liveautographs.com and basically you send stuff in, uh, with a lot of money, $150. Bill signs your thing for you and records a little video message to go with your autograph. Yeah. Which is great. And he apparently does, you know, a little acting job for each and every one of them. Mm -hmm. Um, And we're trying to figure out how we can use this to promote, well, not to promote, but just to get him to say, look at my butt.
1: Well, of course. Of course.
0: So um, we'll take suggestions from you guys about how we can get him to do it because they, they say in all these articles, you know, he won't do – it's not a commercial. So he won't be right. doing free commercials for anybody. Or no
1: product endorsements. No, or, yeah. no
0: product endorsements. And he won't say anything that's just, you know, too completely crazy. Um, so we. No, so he
1: basically has the right to say, "I'm not going to do this." Yeah,
0: he he won't yeah. do it if it's too crazy. So we just want to get him to say it because wouldn't that just be the best thing in the world to have a video of William Shatner saying, "I'm William Shatner and I want you to look at my butt"?
1: I think so. Oh, I think so.
0: That would be like the best Christmas present ever,
1: <laughs> and for... or just any occasion.
0: And and it's totally worth 150 bucks.
1: Totally. <sighs> our own private bill video oh man oh man
0: <sighs> so <yeah. sighs> live autographs go bill
1: really and now
0: he's got something else to show for
1: yeah and also coming up um later this year it's going to be on a and e is going to be his talk show shatner's raw nerve Ooh, very and cool. leonard is one of the guests
0: yeah. oh and didn't you mention to me the other day that um he has a true hollywood story as well
1: yeah, and then I looked and did a lot more research and they were showing it on Canadian TV. <laughs>
0: so they have a Canadian version of, of... Or
1: else they are showing an old one. It, uh, you know, it uh, might not be a new true Hollywood story. Okay. I'm not sure. Well,
0: I'll have to look on the interwebs and see if I can get a copy off of uh, someplace Yeah, to see what it is because I'd like to see that. Yeah. Oh, that's great! Well, I think that yeah. pretty much is our list, is it not? Have we missed anything? I think
1: it, I think that wraps us up. Okay. And our next one, we are really, really hoping to be together because we've we've got a backlog of stuff we want to do together. Together, oh, yeah. not via Skype, like, so like
0: in person. But you know, we have to keep yeah. doing the show because you guys need a show.
1: You need that show. Yeah. We hear from you when we when we uh, don't don't keep. Get- get this stuff going. Yeah. So, so
0: uh, everybody do your homework. Very important. Send us your dreams. Send us your dreams. Um, send Find us, the Shatner moments in Tropic Thunder. Yeah. Email. Lots and lots of email. And let us figure out how we can get, you know, Bill to do a live autograph for us. I think that, that yeah. would be a pretty important thing.
1: Uh, yeah. And buy some t-shirts so we can afford to get it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, so that's it for now. And we will see you next time here at the, you know, world headquarters of Look at His Butt.
1: Yeah. Bye. Bye.